Hey, storytellers. If you like the show, you can find Life Narrated on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Please rate and review the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or whatever streaming service you use. It really helps others find the podcast and validates our existence. Thanks for listening. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Hello, storytellers, and welcome to Life Narrated, the podcast about life and the stories we tell. My name is Emily, and I am a Ptolemaic propaganda artist. My name is Lauren, and I was a cat in another life. My name is Matt, and I am a uh, bibboobied sphinx. Bibboobied sphinx. sphinx. Because the Egyptian sphinx does not have boobies, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, okay, so now we're going to talk about Egypt, but I kind of don't want to anymore. (laughs) Listen, it's a mythical creature. It needs some boobies. We already talked about that. Everyone knows. <laughs> right. Talked about that. We got to put the best parts of the ladies <laughs> on, on the best parts of the animals. Right. <laughs> if we're just going to play God, let's go all out. <laughs> well, in case you haven't picked up on it, listeners, today we're going to talk about Egypt. Uh, and Matt and I have actually been to Egypt, and we have a family connection there. But I spent the majority of Feb- February in Egypt, and um, I just... Oh, and there's a, a new exhibit near my office about Egypt, so it's like a sign pointing to the fact that I'm a little obsessed, and I know Lauren is as well. <laughs> so let's just talk about let's it. Let's just say I'm a huge fan of the Mummy franchise. <laughs> of the that. Mummy franchise. I I am a huge fan as well. Actually, I can't say that because I haven't watched it in a long time, so maybe. I just rewatched a half an hour while I was waiting for you guys to sort out technical issues. <laughs> So that was fun. I mean, that's all uh, you need, the first half hours. Like. Yeah, right. So we went to talk about Egypt. I'm going to tell some stuff I learned, and we're going to talk about Western perceptions of Egypt. And we're just going to have a good old geek out over Egyptology, if that's all right with you, storytellers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll speak for the audience and just say yes. Yes, it is. Please yes. continue. So this will be a little yes. bit different than our normal episodes uh, in that we are probably just going to tell a bunch of stories about Egypt that you may not have uh, remembered or learned or may have been informed incorrectly about. Uh, yeah. And so we won't be talking so much about narrative tropes this time, although we're going to try and bring it back around. I personally am going to try and force the conversation into those boxes Uh, Yeah, let's do uh, it. uh, Yeah, just so you know. (laughs) So um, I spent a lot of time in Cairo, which is a lovely, lovely city, and um, talked to a lot of people. I wanted to start with modern-day Cairo because it is a really interesting and thriving city, and um, traditionally Cairo is known as, like, the, in a lot of ways, the heart of the Middle East. Um, There's an old adage that says, books are written in Cairo, published in Beirut, and read in Baghdad. So... Art-wise, they are known. Like, if you've ever seen Egyptian soap operas, they're so good. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone in Saudi Arabia is obsessed with Egyptian soap operas. And then they moved on to Turkish soap operas, which are also very good. Just so you know, there's a lot of artists there. Actually, when I was there, I met up with a bunch of artists, and we went to um, their, like, clay sheds, and it was pretty fun. Oh, gotta love a clay shed. What I did want to talk about is the, you know, the revolution they happened in 2011. Matt and I went there in 2012, so it was a bit of a hard visit uh, in that we couldn't really go off and do our own thing because um, of security concerns, very valid security mm-hmm. concerns. But I was talking to a couple of fr- friends there, and things haven't changed much. One of my friends was like, uh, we might as well have all just taken our dogs for a walk at the same time. <laughs> Because, as in, like, nothing has changed. They have a bunch of nicknames for their uh, leader, like we do. Mm. Um, They call him a a name. It doesn't really make sense in English, but it's, like, Little Date. Like, it's, you know, the dates um, that they eat. Oh, not like a short date. (laughs) Yeah, no, no. No, like a a raisin. (laughs) He's the little raisin. Which I feel like... So... Like, that's one of those things whenever I'm getting too down about our country's like political climate it's nice to know that like oh other people are dealing with bullshit too so yeah and they rightly pointed out to me that like while we have a mechanism for getting rid of people we don't like even if it is not voting for him next time around they don't they don't have a mechanism besides you know military coup and this you know so (laughs) that's what has already happened so yeah 
things are getting more expensive in Cairo. It's very hard for a, a person to make a living. They, at night, all of the apartment buildings are dark because no one is using electricity because it's too expensive. Oh, wow. So there's, and yeah, it's just, it's hard to live in Cairo at the moment, even for a very wealthy family. Um, but Egyptian people are really nice. Um, and in fact, what I found out was that the people who live in Egypt now are not descendants of the people who lived in Pharaonic times because there was a ton of invasions of foreign people, most notably Arabs who came with Arabic and with Islam. And that's pretty much what has popula- who has populated Egypt now. But there is a small sect of people called the Coptics who are actually descendants of the original people living in um, Egypt. And they are all Christian. And in fact, in Christianity, the first monasteries were in Egypt. Oh, wow. Which is not something you think of when you think of, like, early Christianity pioneers. You don't think of Egypt, right? Well, I certainly didn't. I thought of, like, like the Roman Empire, I guess. Yeah. But then also, like... Yeah. Yeah. You think, like, I definitely, like, oh, yeah, like, the little monasteries that on, like, the coast of... Britain and Scotland that were picked off by Vikings and stuff like, like right, that's what yeah. I think of and it's like actually that was like very 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 much after <laughs> the beginning yeah. of the church. I think it's Saint, it's either Saint Simon or Saint Simeon or those are two different people one of these people <laughs> Saint Simon or Saint Simeon um, came to Egypt directly from the Levant from Israel Jerusalem wherever we're talking about and basically walked off into the desert to start his monastery and that's the first uh, christian monastery and he converted a lot of people which makes sense and then, right because egypt is a booming place yeah yeah so and um it's i mean it was the are. center of the middle east so you want to see um do you want to see them sorry dancing? do i want to see what <laughs> i said you want to be where the people are that's right and then i said I do you want to see, oh, see well. them dancing <laughs> the deep cut Cut it, cut it out, Italy. Just cut it. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm keeping that in. It's my favorite movie. No, actually, Moana take it. And St. Michael of Alexandria is the same. Is it St. Michael or St. Marco? The Venetians venerated this guy and so much that they stole his body from Alexandria. Ooh. Cool. And there's like a whole story of how they hid it in meat because the, the Egyptian and uh, Islamic... Customs officials didn't want to inspect the pork too much. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> so they're like, oh, gross. Can you, like, that would be but a yeah. great story, like a, a heist movie where, like, ancient crusaders are, like, storming a city to take back a, a body, a human body. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they wrap it in pork. Yeah. It's like, I'm thinking Ocean's Eleven, except with, like, swords and, like... That would be so cool. People in rags and stuff. TM, TM, TM. <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna make that, uh... <laughs> But yeah, so Alexandria also has a large amount of Greeks uh, in there. Our our great grand not great grandfather, he's our grandfather, was born and raised in Alex in uh, Cairo, and he was Greek. Oh, the Coptics. So the Coptics, you'll find they've been there forever, and all of the temples and stuff are like graffitied with Coptic writing and Coptic like crosses. And sometimes, like, there's the temples and, like, a lot of the things are, like, hacked off. But there's so much writing and so much, like, iconography from the Egyptian pharaohs that it's just, like, it's just a lot of work to hack it all off. <laughs> so the things that they chose to hack off and not hack off, it's just, like, really funny. Because sometimes they'd, like, hack off the body and then leave the face. Or sometimes the face and not the body. And sometimes we're like, okay, well, maybe they couldn't reach it. But then there's, like, something three stories up that they had hacked off. And you're like, what was the decision-making process <laughs> here in vandalism? Well, you're probably also looking like, at, like, year, like generations and generations of vandals, you know? Like, the first generation came by and hacked <laughs> off, like, the feet. And then the next generation was like, we'll do it better. And hacked off the shins and so on and right. so forth up the chain. <laughs> or, like, maybe some generation, like only cared about faces and the other generation yeah. only cared about things that you were gotta leave something for the next up. generation it's true <laughs> to, 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 to defile yeah. that's right but there were some that were like it, like a whole relief in the front is like you know um someone killing a hippo it's like this huge scene like you do and then like two scenes above it is something that's like incredibly hacked off and you're like but like you can reach this one and it's fine <laughs> but you can't 
how did you even get up there? Right. Murder the hippo. So, fine. We don't mind that. That yeah. that other thing though, that has got to go. <laughs> so let me tell you a little bit about murdering hippos because hippos are the associated with the god Set, who's like the devil god, and in fact, makes our Christian. Her Christian version of the devil, like he's known as like a red creature with hooked feet and a tail, a pointy tail. So this is kind of where our idea of the devil came from, is this version of Set. Mm. I never knew yeah. that. Interesting. Yeah, which is pretty cool. And Especially if you've ever um, seen those videos where like the hippo comes out and poops because you're just like, what the fuck are you? <laughs> I've not seen videos like that, but I'm okay. I don't need <laughs> yeah, but I'm going to live... <laughs> Um, and in fact, hippos are like really dangerous. Of all of the creatures in Africa, I think hippos are the most dangerous. They kill more people per year than anything else. Yeah, and they're very, very territorial. In fact, I was just, um, uh, for reasons I can't explain, was watching a VR of uh, someone confronting a hippo. They're trying to get past the hippo. Just don't do that, man. In a canoe. Yeah, and I was like, oh my God. And it was like honestly giving me heart palpitations and I don't know if this is because I grew up in Africa and like have been instilled since I was young how dangerous hippos are <laughs> but I was like just go away <laughs> don't try and pass the hippo because oh, here's the thing in that same video there's also an elephant charging and I'm just like I That's this enough. is like yeah. a list of my nightmares as a child please can we not watch this and next there'll be some like horribly poisonous snake or right. you know like <laughs> things you know or like oh i feel like i'm being stalked by something and just that general fear of like sounds in the night (laughs) yeah yeah they actually do have that so there's one in the vr video they like uh uh, i guess like videotape but it's black all the night sounds Mm -mm. i'm like okay cool Wow, yeah, um, hippos are hippos are really. It's like I think of a hippo in terms of like sometimes when people like run out in front of your car and you're like, dude, it doesn't even matter who has the right of way. I am in the giant car. I will win. Yeah. Like yeah, I will, yeah, yeah. I will hurt you before your yeah. body hurts me. And then I feel like a hippo is kind of the same way, where it's like it doesn't really matter what the situation is. The hippo will win. Like <laughs> yeah, hippo hippo wins. Hippo don't go near the hippo, hippo wins. Um, Rock paper scissors the- hippo. Rock, paper, scissors, hippo. Well, so the god set tricked Osiris into into dying, basically. And so this whole relief is Horus, who is uh, Osiris' son, avenging the god, avenging his father by attacking the hippo. And then there's another one of him riding the hippo. Yeah. Which is funny. Subjugation. <laughs> but in all of these, and so it's very funny. In all of these reliefs, the uh, Isis is, like, basically doing all the work. And Osa- and um, Horus is, like, ah, posing. <laughs> like, I am so strong. And Isis is, like, can you help me for, like, five seconds, please? I can see you're just, like, you are my baby boy and I love you so much. But seriously, let's lock it down. Pick up a goddamn knife. Seriously. <laughs> I have the wingspan of an angel, and you're doing fuck all over here. (laughs) I love these gods. The gods are very interesting. I always find, like, um, you know, what are they called? Pantheons interesting, because we think of them as, like, Greek gods in being, like, bounded, and, like, one of them is for, you know, love, and there's another one for war, and there's another one for this, but, like, the things that people choose to represent things. Yeah is very interesting. Like, they have um, the ram-headed god as the god of fertility and knowledge, which is, like, fertility and knowledge. Are those two things together? <laughs> you have to know how to fertilize, so... <laughs> no, fertility and wisdom. I keep on getting confused. Wisdom. Wisdom. Fertility and hmm. wisdom. And I'm like, how do those two things work Relate, together? Yeah. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> like, I definitely get, like, a ram sheep goat thing being the fertile. yeah and our um our guide so sometimes um the the wisdom and knowledge dude is portrayed as a guy with his dick out just all the time <laughs> <laughs> and so and just like has his, his well that that makes sense for fertility like he's it does. he's always trying to for get knowledge? it yeah. for, for knowledge wisdom? i don't know <laughs> <clears throat> i get i agree that's not perfectly <laughs> obvious well, he was he was our tour guide, um, who's an Egyptologist. His name is Hassan, and he was pointing out the god, and he's like, "This is the god of you know fertility and wisdom." And you can see he his junk is always penis. out. And then <laughs> he's like, "Has a penis." And then this one, and he's just like 
could not say it to us because we were two females and he just like couldn't <laughs> say it. And then so the rest of the time we were kind of playing this low key game of like how many genitals can we get him to identify? Because <laughs> 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 like, a lot of the the carvings are really androgynous mm-hmm. and it's so it's hard to tell if it's a woman or a man. But women always have a tit out. And so it's like, <laughs> oh, how do we know this is a woman? And he'd be like, well, she's wearing a longer dress and and she has a boob. And she's <laughs> like, just like, okay. It was really, really funny. Fun. He was a gentleman. He didn't want to say it in front of ladies. That's great. I love the idea, though, that like, <laughs> like, here's my big donger. And then it's like, how are we going to know ladies are ladies? Mm, expose a breast. Yes, this seems like the... But it must be exposed so that people yeah. don't get it confused with, like, a man's a breast. <laughs> <laughs> well, that kind of brings me to the Amarna period because it's my favorite period. And it's all about being no, all getting. <laughs> and and it's they suddenly were my really favorite period androgyny. too. What? It's suddenly my favorite period, too. It's suddenly my favorite period, too. They were really into androgyny, so it was really hard to tell if men were men and or women were women. JK, take it back. And um, <laughs> it's less fun, I know, I know. So they, this whole period was like, for the 4,000 years that Egyptian history existed, everything looked the same. Like, you can't, as a layperson, you can't, like, tell if this is 19th dynasty or, like, 3rd dynasty. But then there's the Amarna period, which is, like, so short and just so bonkers. Because all of the art looks like aliens. <laughs> and the guy, so Akhenaten is the, is the pharaoh. Once he came to power, he was like, all of your gods are dead. And this is the Aten, which is your new god. And it's a son with hands that touches only me and my family. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you and guys. It's real- it's real weird because it looks it's just like the sun is touching them <laughs> with their hands it's a sun with hands it's, it's like setting fire to the rain you know and it's the Aten so the Aten had told him to build a, a city in the desert basically mm-hmm. and that was where he was supposed to live forever and no one was happy with this <laughs> no one liked this and the reason I've been reading this book I haven't finished it and I wish I had um, but basically the reason that he did this was that the um, priesthood had been coming more and more, um, not forceful. Powerful? Powerful. Powerful. And so a lot of people say they they were controlling who became pharaoh, etc., etc. And so Akhenaten, and then the gods of Amun, who's the king of the gods, and the, god, the, the priests of Ra, who's the sun god, so he's also a very important god, they were like competing for supremacy so they're both kind of sun gods they're both like uh one is from heliopolis which is near cairo the other is from uh thebes which is luxor so it's like upper versus lower egypt Mm. etc they're having a bunch of it sounds very political so yeah it was political so akhenaten who took the throne when he was a teenager was like fuck you all i'm (laughs) creating a new sun god right it's the aten (laughs) I'm, you know, he's my father, so I get to speak for him. There are no priests for the Aten. There's no... He made it so that the temple for the Aten had a sunroof, so that there's no, like, uh, statue of the god that the priests have to take care of. You just so look directly that, into the sun. Yeah, you just, <laughs> and, the sun is there, yeah. and it's always visible. And so there were no, no like, positions for the priests to hold, nothing for them to do. Which actually so sounds extremely clever if you're, like, right? if you're undermining. I mean, obviously you have to get people to buy in and kind of go along with it because, yeah. um, you know, because they could easily just be like, no. Which it sounds like, yeah. it sounds like uh, you'll get to this, but, like, to jump ahead, spoiler alert, <laughs> they didn't, like, really care. It didn't go it well. It didn't last after he died, but. yeah. So he his name was um, Amanosis Amanophosis. Hold on, hold on. I got this. Amanophosis. Amanophosis the fourth. So Amanophosis the fourth changed his name to Akhenaten because Amun was the the sun god. So he's like, no, <laughs> we are no longer doing that. I am Akhenaten. This is the sun god Aten. Um, so did his name mean like son. son of Aten? What? Does, what's his name like? A son of. Aten kind of? Yeah. 
Uh, it was like the literally like the person who is most effective for Aten. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so his disciple, basically. Um, and so he, yeah, moved everyone out into the desert to a place that is now called Tel El Marna, which I'm just going to call El Mar- um, Amarna because the actual name of the city was Akitaten, and it's very confusing because his name is Akhenaten. So I'm just going to call it Amarna. Right. And this is known as the Amarna period. Yeah. And actually, he basically started by putting um, these big stone stelae all around the city that just, like, had his proclamations. And I was going to play this game with you, which was like, is this Trump or is this Otten? <laughs> <laughs> but it, it became implausible because he's, like, talking about chariots and, and things. And it would have been obvious. <laughs> but um, it's still, like... He he writes these stelae like he's Trump tweeting. Oh, no. In that he starts on something and then he's like breaks off and starts going like, I'm better than when this happened. I know more than when this happened. <laughs> um, I did this and this happened. And uh, this other king was worse than I was. And I am the best person to ever wear the crown. And it's like literally breaks off in the middle of a sentence. And this is written in stone this is like carved this, into stone this is and where the just, phrase like, comes from like it was written <laughs> in stone <laughs> like it was literally written in stone and it's just like his ramblings oh no don't you feel bad for had, the guy the guy that had to do that where he's like really oh, like, <laughs> i i think of i used to write press releases for this nonprofit. And they were doing a press release about the um, MLK uh, memorial that they were erecting in D.C. And I wrote this beautiful thing about, like, how we have a monument to peace instead of to war. And it's just like it was such a nice piece of writing. And then he's like, no, 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 go into the middle of it and just write how Obama doesn't care about black people and keep going. And he just, like, put wow. a bunch of, like, crap in there in the middle of it. Oh, and no. then he's like take out all that other stuff because that doesn't matter what i want to say is more important and i was like oh. <laughs> so that was upsetting yeah but i feel for that that young um carver who had to do that um just like, yeah really? so he was this a crazy so pertinent <laughs> like okay here we go <laughs> and it's funny because so his his um his wife nefertiti was a co-ruler with him and there's actually a bunch of really beautiful scenes of like Nefertiti and um, Akhenaten sitting with their daughters, like playing with their daughters, oh. and the son is touching them the whole time. It's real creepy. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's one that where they're riding on a chariot, and they're like smooching, and their daughter's there too, but she's sitting at the front, and she's like watching the horses go. And I'm like, this is such a cute little scene of like domestic bliss, which you don't see anywhere else. Like this art is so incredibly different than the rest of it. You think that, you know, ancient Egypt is so similar, but it really went for 4,000 years. That's like, you know, like the Revolutionary War and like Shakespeare and like the Magna Carta. All of that happened in the last thousand years. Right, yeah. (laughs) So four times that. That's how long that Egypt has been the same, except for like the the decade (laughs) this guy was in charge. That That little blip. That little blip. And people hated this so much. We only know how m- much people hated it. They, we don't really know what kind of went on there. Um, except this... Okay, so I told you I was going to tell you the story yeah. about um, Amenhotep. I have not seen The Mummy in a long time, and I thought this was the guy they mentioned in The Mummy. Possibly this is um, where the inspiration came from. But basically, Akhenaten... Um, this is where he gets crazy asked Aten this god that he made up what would make the country of Egypt worthy and basically he said um, that he replied that uh, he would be able to see the gods if he cleansed the whole land of lepers and other polluted persons the king was delighted and assembled all those in Egypt whose bodies were wasted by disease they numbered 80,000 persons these he cast into the stone quarries to the east of the Nile there to work segregated from the rest of the Egyptians. Oh. So that was fun. So he just like rounded up <laughs> um, all the, the lepers and diseased people and just had them work to death in a mine? Is that? Yeah. Yep. That's what happened. That's what he did. Um, yeah. And then among them were some of the learned priests who had been attacked by leprosy. Then um, 
this wiser seer Amenophosis, that's Akhenaten, was filled with dread um, of the divine wrath against himself. No, sorry. Um, the Amenhotep. So this guy, who I think is the inspiration for the mummy. Uh, then the wise seer Amenhotep was filled with the dread of divine wrath against himself and the king if the outrage done to these persons should be discovered. And he added a he added a prediction that certain allies would join the polluted people and would take possession of Egypt for 13 years. Not venturing to make this prophecy himself to the king, he left a full account of it in writing and then took his own life. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, and it's interesting because one of the things that they discovered in Amarna when they eventually found it and eventually decided to, you know, get off their asses and catalog it, um, was this really intense portrait of... Um, Amenhotep, which is a, it's a, what's it called? Plaster cast of his face. Like a death mask, so it's, sort of? Or? Yeah, but the death masks don't even, like, look like real people. That's true. And this is, like, this is an actual cast of his face. I'm putting my hand over my uh, face, which makes for great podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, and it looks like a person. It looks... Like a real annoyed person, <laughs> uh, but he was a real like high up person in the organization, and just like took his own life because of the shit that uh, <laughs> Akhenaten made him do. Yeah, gosh. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's intense. It makes sense that you know, okay, the like whatever that like priest class is like, you know, t- taking a lot of power or like interfering with things or like, you know, making making lateral decisions and so there's part of me that's kind of like oh okay well this guy was just trying to like reinstate the like hierarchy yeah oh, wait no he's horrible <laughs> he's a, he's yeah a bad, he's also horrible he's a he, bad bad man <laughs> he did so i mean he made nefertiti a co-ruler so yeah. that's one thing but also you know he killed a bunch of people i actually haven't I wish I had started reading this book sooner. It's Akhenaten, Egypt's False Prophet by Nicholas Reeves. Because um, it has a lot of, like, archaeological information in it, which would have been interesting to me had I not been reading it for a specific bit of information that I wanted to, you know, tell you guys on the podcast. Like, what was it like in Amarna? But basically, uh, the archaeological site of Amarna was lost in the desert for a long time. And then... Um, Napoleon's troops found it and they didn't really care and then there was a German expedition that oh no there was another expedition that was like a bunch of amateurs who didn't who like destroyed a bunch of things by accident and then the Germans came and were like cataloging everything (laughs) yeah (laughs) and they cataloged everything this was before World War II God bless those Germans Um, this was under Kaiser Wilhelm and took it all back to Germany Naturally. Because, so, you know. So the majority of the Amarna period stuff is in Germany, which I am like, now I need to go. <laughs> uh, between the time that the amateur did it and the the Germans did it, a angry farmer had just, like, taken a hoe to everything. <laughs> and so, wow. yeah, just... Oh, they said in this book an angry farmer, but they are really dismissive of, like, the lay people in Egypt... And, like, the locals, they say the locals a lot. Um, mm. So, like, there could have been a lot of reasons. But all of the sidewalks had been um, painted with these beautiful scenes. I saw some of the sidewalks. They're, like, you know, palm fronds and, and birds. And Egyptians are really good at some bird art. Like, if you're looking <laughs> for some good bird art, go to ancient Egypt. Nice. But he had, he had hacked it all up with a, with a farming What implement. book is this what we're talking about, Emily? This is the one I told you, Akhenaten and the uh, Egypt's False Prophet by Nicholas Reeves, published by the American University in Cairo Mm. Press. Hire me. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No, they have a lot of really good books. Um, But yeah, so he took everyone out into the desert. It lasted not long enough. And everyone was like, this is the worst. (laughs) So there is something about like a shadowy co-ruler and then possibly one of his daughters took over after he died or his wife under a different name. They made an interesting um, point that no one knows where Nefertiti came from, his wife. But there was a huge to-do about an um, Asiatic princess coming to marry Akhenaten. And 
not always would these foreign princesses who do often come into Egypt and marry into the pharaoh's family, they're not always the principal wives. Right. In fact, they're usually not. But no one knows where Nefertiti came from, and so they're like, possibly this one who they talk about a lot, who came from a foreign land, because Nefertiti means the beautiful one has come. Ah. Meaning, so they're like, maybe she's a foreigner, and definitely Hitler thought so, because he refused to return the the bust of Nefertiti, the famous one, because he thought she looked Aryan. Ah. <laughs> and he was like, this is up from our car- culture. Thank you very much, basically. Rude. <laughs> yeah, it was incredibly rude. So Akhenaten's son, Tutankhamun, who's also named after the god Aten, what came to power when he was very young and was like, <clears throat> I, I don't think he had this thought, but possibly Nefertiti, possibly someone else was like, this is a bad idea. Right. <laughs> We're going to move back to Luxor. We're going to resurrect all the dead gods. <laughs> We're going to change your name. It's no longer Tutankhamun. It's Tutankhamun. And you're going to be King Tutankhamun. And then he died <laughs> because he was 14 and fell off a chariot. He was also apparently genetically like in a bad way. Yeah, I he think... He had a lot um, of... Or they think after studying his body that he had a lot of like just illnesses and some of them probably genetic and some of them probably just due to like lack of medicine yeah. and understanding but like yeah apparently he wasn't well for this world another, regardless of his political situation another fun uh feature of it's not a bug it's a feature <laughs> of the amarna period was that akhenaten's father famously had his daughters become his wives. Oh, oh yeah, okay. that'll do it. Yeah, yeah, so it's possible that Tutan... So we think that he's Akhenaten's son, but there's also evidence that suggests that possibly it was his father's son by his sister. So his nephew brother. Oh, uh, <laughs> interesting. Uh, they're just the pharaohs. They're just like us. Uh, I bet he went to the grocery store, too. (laughs) Yeah, so Tutankhamun was like, let's not do that. Let's all just come (laughs) back to it. And the funny part, the best part about this is that they have found Akhenaten's body. Oh. And so, but they found it in a tomb that wasn't labeled, and the the face of the um, sarcophagus, you know, the what's it called death mask i guess had been ripped off oh no and the cartouches had been all scrubbed off oh wow so for a long time they thought and the the sarcophagus had been prepared for a woman um but it was actually a man that was inside and they're like all sorts of things so his mother who was a very respected lady was also in there with him Hmm. and they found out that they basically took the mother out of there because they didn't want her tainted by him. Oh, and they gosh. like closed it up, took all his stuff, left him there to rot without a face. So in, you know, Egyptian culture, that'd be like, you can't speak or, or breathe or, you know, see or hear, basically. Right. You're damaging him for the afterlife. Right. And then just left him there. They really hated him. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, that's, it's, I'm way more like scandalized by this. I'm just like, what? Right. Wow, that's so messed up. Oh, my God. Like, um, they also, they didn't take down a lot of his, I mean, they, they tried to destroy Amarna, but it's like out in the desert. They didn't really care. Yeah, I feel like <laughs> almost a, the apathy of abandoning it was probably worse yeah. in some ways. Yeah. And they actually, like, had, like, um, I didn't, <laughs> this is really human, like, it just really resounded with me because it's part of my job, but they had, um, they found a lot of debris when they first came into Amarna, like just everyday items that were left on the floor. And so some of them were like promotional items for Akhenaten, which had Akhenaten's name and Nefertiti's name. So both the Pharaoh and his wife on there. And they were like mascara, the coal uh, things, which I actually have one of those coal pots oh, yeah. to put mascara on. <laughs> And they were just, like, littered on the floor, but they were, like, promotional items. And I was like, this is so close to home. Because I buy promotional items for my job. And I'm just like, hmm, mascara pots. I could do that. Love your They love would your throw pharaoh. them out at parades. Yeah. What? L- love your pharaoh. Here's some eyeliner. That's right. Here's some eyeliner. Here's- uh, keep your eyes healthy. 
So wow. I thought that was so interesting. They are just like us. They are. They are just <laughs> like us. It's like I guess too. It's one of those things. Whenever you see like the like this commonplace item, like it's actually very good when you think about it. Because it's like, oh, someone's going to pick this up and use this every day. And then they'll see our cartouches or however they were. <laughs> our cartouches. That is, honestly, that's what I go for when I'm choosing promotional items. Like, I don't choose things that people aren't going to use, like slap bracelets or, you know, whatever. I actually tried to convince my boss to let us um, do these little things, which are stickers that go over your cam uh, when you. Um, oh, yeah. on your laptop. On your laptop, on your phone, whatever. They come in a sheet. And I was like, if you have our logo just on your laptop all the time. Yeah. I did yeah. want to talk about Tutankhamun because he's very famous. Almost the only Egyptian that most Americans mm. know by name. Except, I guess, Rami Malek. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, Keep it topical. He, who actually, Rami Malek did play Tutankhamun, didn't he? He played him in. Um, oh, Night of the Museum. In Night of the Museum. <laughs> You're right. Oh, no, it was Ramsey's. Ramsey's the yeah. second. Oh, never mind. Because Ramsey's the third got murdered by his harem, y'all. <laughs> it's a very good story, but I'm not going to tell you because it's too long. But um, Just, he a whole it. bunch of shit happened. <laughs> Just no. Yeah. But that's after the Amarna period. Those are descendants. Yeah. Um, but Tutankhamun, his tomb was actually robbed in antiquity. So um, basically, at some point, the government was like, okay... We spent a lot of money on those tombs back in the day, and we need that money back. <laughs> so I don't know if that's exactly the rhetoric, but what happened was that a lot of officials started robbing tombs and taking it to, um, you know, back into the coffers, basically, which is what happened when um, uh, Akhenaten's tomb was, like, robbed. They actually found it by accident. Um, some of them, they just don't know where they are. They don't keep records of where these tombs are. So a lot of them are robbed when someone is building a tomb for a new guy and they run into the tomb of an older guy <laughs> and they're like, hey, there's a lot of gold in here and all the workers rob it. Right. Ah. So that's kind of how it happens. Oh, wow. um, but then in this case, the workers got into Akhenaten's tomb and were like, it's the heretic. And just like <laughs> someone, literally there's forensic evidence that someone threw a rock at it as they were leaving. Oh, wow. <laughs> like, what is that? so much anger and it was like long after he was dead I don't know I just know. imagine the like Ugh, of that moment like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, um, and then so yeah Tutankhamun's tomb was robbed in antiquity and then either someone got a conscience or the um, policy was changed because they like put all the stuff back huh. in his tomb in antiquity oh wow so it's it, we talk about the tomb like it's it's been you know it's the only unrobbed tomb but it wasn't they just like either someone robbed it and the pharaoh found out and made them return it or some sort of policy change I don't really know what happened but it was robbed and they put it all back but the way that they put it all back I don't know if that's how you would typically do it because everything was like if you see pictures of it everything's just stacked on top of each other like in like bundles and not like neatly wrapped or anything it's just like thrown in corners so it was literally like go put it back and they're like put Fine. it back <laughs> but they didn't take any pictures so they didn't know where it went so yeah, they just right. like they stacked really it up and were like do i don't know where this it's goes it's fine whatever it's all in there are these is <laughs> is it canopic jars that has the there yeah. it's like yeah. just i don't or over there somewhere <laughs> i don't know and that's why you oh, always take pictures guys before you move something <laughs> that's right and that's the thing when this like official grave robbing was happening part of it was in, under the I think this was partially a good thought was that these tombs were being robbed and the pharaonic structure was like mad about it so they went and grabbed all the royal mummies and was like we don't want anyone to damage these bodies we don't want our ancestors to have a bad afterlife mm. so they put them in a mummy cache that I think they found in like 1989 so like wow. this was a long time they, they hit it in someone in uh, someone's tomb, I was gonna say the name, but I don't know. Someone's tomb, and they just had like an extra room full of like all of these royal mummies, <laughs> including Akhenaten's mother, who was in the tomb with him, but not Akhenaten, because fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, she can come. She's cool. She's cool. 
she can come. So, um, yeah, so maybe it was, like, a bit, but then I saw a picture of how it was found, and they're just, like, thrown on top of each other. <laughs> like, some of them were, like, had moisture in them, some of them were just ill-preserved and, like, had been overturned, so it's like, were you trying to preserve them, or were you just, like, grave robbing? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. But yeah, Tutankhamun, he hasn't left Egypt except the one time when he came to America to um, be scanned by an MRI machine. And they found out that he had died of a broken leg from injuries uh, from a chariot overturning. But I wanted to bring that around to mummies because I know that Lauren loves to talk about some mummies. <laughs> it's just some of everything. Well... I, yeah, I think, I think what happened is I watched The Mummy, like, way too young. Yeah. I mean, there is no too young for The Mummy. (laughs) It was, I, it was at my, I was at my friend's house and we were, like, upstairs watching it and I remember just being like, what the actual hell? But, like, (laughs) but also extremely intrigued. Yeah. And, um... And, and I think, so I was kind of like, do you guys remember the books at the school's library? I think every library had one of these where it was like the giant book of Greek myths and the giant book yeah. of Roman myths. And we also had a Egyptian, yeah, Egyptian one. So I, I really, I guess one of the things I wanted to talk about was, so talking about like grave robbing and stuff, like. Victorians are the worst. We can bring that back. <laughs> yeah, really hashtag Victorians are Victorians the worst. Victorians are the worst. Um, and so this this idea that mummies, which were once symbols, and and st- I mean, still are, I suppose, but like they were once symbols of like eternal life. It was this idea that right. you're like, oh no, we do this so that you still have a body and you awaken each night and you go on your journey and like when. Um, archaeologists and people from the West started finding mummies, um, they just, I I think they just completely forgot that these were, like, human remains. People. Yeah. This is, like, a, this, this was a person, and, uh, so they, you know, were shipped out, and there's this intense, like, craze, this mummy craze around the world. I mean, it was, like, on par. Victorians. Victorians. It was, like, on par with, like, (laughs) spices, you know, how, like, throughout history, whenever... Like, spice was a thing. Like, I mean, you know, salt and pepper. But, like, and then more exotic things. There's just, like, this freak out. And then to have not just, like, mummies, but, like, anything Egyptian. Yeah. And so, you know, that's that's not okay. And you mentioned... (laughs) Well, they... Sorry, they did uh, the unwrapping yeah, parties, say, which I it the just unwrapping blows parties, which my mind. They would have someone that was like probably not actually, but you know, would a professor of Egyptology <laughs> host? You know, so they would come and like you know, be like, oh yes, I was in Egypt and I found this mummy, and they'd ha- you know come and host, and people would literally take off the wrappings and like, oh look, an amulet fell out, and you know, it, it was like <laughs> a pinata, except instead of smashing it, you just unfurled the the gifts and um and usually these people right like i said they were like professors they're just they're charlatan grave robbers <laughs> who just yeah. were like, i went to egypt and i found a mummy cache second son that's not gonna inherit anything <laughs> right um so that was shitty um but also we used to grind up mummies for medicine so like medicinal purposes so like the the idea being that like cures like so if you have a headache, um, you could grind up some skull, like literally grind up a skull, oh and that God. would be like Ugh. a form of medicine for your headache. Or like, oh, your leg hurts, so I'm gonna grind up some femur, <laughs> some mummy leg, some yeah, oh, and some mummies were used for that. Um, and then also the paint. So we know about it's. I think it was like called literally like mummy brown, mummy brown, which a lot of people didn't realize actually involved bits of mummy, yeah, in it. <laughs> Yeah. Like, I think there was a famous painter, and I, my timing is so off. I don't know who I'm talking about, but a famous painter who used it a lot yeah. and then found out that they, it was actually made of mummies. And he's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> right? Yeah. Why would you do that? 
Yeah. It I belongs mean, in a museum, as in the form of a painting. It was just... <laughs> of a painting. Yeah, it was, it was popular in the 16th century. So, like, it was just, you know, and that's... These things kind of happen in waves. So there, you know, there are these periods where it's like, this is the, like, cool thing. But then, you know, Egyptians would also mummify their pets. Um, because anything that was mummified was... Or I guess I should say, like, a living thing that was mummified could, like, follow you on your afterlife journey. So, like, especially cats who are very, like, revered. Like, the goddess Bast was a cat or a woman with a cat's head. Boobies, of course. Was it a cat with Sa- boobies? Sackman is as a cat, well. A cat head and just boobies. Oh, so it's just, like, a lady with a cat head. Yes, okay. but I'm... Yes. Yeah. But the boobies or, were there. Or just That's a cat. Important. Or just a cat. <laughs> just, she could be, just to be clear, though, she has boobies. She, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. She was either a cat with boobies or a lady with boobies and a cat head. Okay. Cool. Those were, yeah, yeah, it yeah. all checks out. Boobies are still there. <laughs> but, like, so people would mummify their their cats and then they would mummify mice for the cats to eat and then they would mummify birds and you know and that might have been like not necessarily like a pet but probably for like hunting you know because it was waterfowl were a big thing but anyways so then it became this thing to like have a mummified cat huh you know as a victorian you mean yeah fucking victorians because they're fucking goth as gothic as heck like they're a little goth (laughs) right like they are obsessed with death in so many ways. And they they and love to, like, taxidermy things yeah. and, you know. So, I just find this, like, it's the macabre part of it where it's like, this is really interesting. And it also, because they are the worst, because they are. I mean, I just cannot stress <laughs> that enough. Like, this was definitely, like, desecration of human remains and extremely disrespectful. But they also, I think, in some ways... Um, during the times of the pharaohs to live forever like anytime someone said your name your your spirit in that moment was like brought back to life you know so you you gain immortality by the fact that your name so even just saying things like Tutankhamun or like Ramesses the third or Ramesses the second and we're like invoking their spirit and Mm. we we are the ones that are giving them eternal eternal life right so the Victorians, and, and again, like I said, it does crop up, you know, in the 16th century and other periods where these things were popular um, for whatever reason, be it, like, medicinal properties or just cool to have. Um, there's just this idea of this this confrontation of death that yeah. we don't really have in our culture. Well, we certainly don't have it in such an unhealthy way, at least. <laughs> right. It's... Uh, I, I feel like they took it too far yeah, right. the other way, but... I I was thinking just now that, like, it's kind of a, a poor part of our history that mass media was starting to become a thing, but also people were a lot closer to death than we mm-hmm. are, and so people were more examining death more than we were. Absolutely. Like, I think people were dying at a rate much faster than we do, and therefore people who are making the media were were very close to death in a you know in a physical sense. Yeah. Like literally. So they were closer yeah, to literally it. like and mortality rates were higher, you know, like there's more more child death, more adult death in yeah. general. Yeah, I'm curious what you mean <laughs> more death death. What you mean by they were closer to it? Like can you expand on that a little bit? Not not that they they were gonna die. I meant like their little sister had died in childhood, or their you know because of general um, brother, mortality and like medicine not being as good is what you're saying. Right. Yeah. 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 Okay. So it was it was more of a a thing that they had more experience with than we I see. do. Okay. And it, in fact, I think at that point they I don't know this for sure, but they kept the dead in the home until they were buried. Yes. As opposed to sending it to a mortuary. Oh, yeah, exactly. I, I was going to say the um, the funeral industry as it exists today did not exist then. So yeah. so the women in the family were the ones preparing the body. So wakes mm. were done at home. And, like, if you were really wealthy, you might be able to afford, um, like, silk for the coffin. Or, like, yeah. or even, like, a slab of ice for the body. Mm. Um but so so like that being 
having that experience as an adult plus the fact that you are making a lot more mass media than previous like newspaper articles photography that kind of thing yeah i think that's kind of the perfect storm of creepiness also like you know english people man it rains a lot there. It rains a lot there, and that it rains a it lot gets there. To you after Sometimes a while. can be gloomy as fuck. Yeah. Okay. It's not all there. Anyway, fault, but, Egyptians. But but you know, but I think that's a that that kind of puts the bow on it, right? Where it's kind of like yeah, they are that way, and then like oh, now we're unearthing this culture that's just as obsessed with death as we are, <laughs> but they didn't understand exactly yeah. how the Egyptians felt about death. They were just like, oh man, they wrap up their dead. Oh, so sick. Let's go check that out. Oh, yeah. We're into this. Yeah. So, um, I I found this like chart of like ancient civilizations and it was like a chart of like jock at the top to nerd at the bottom. <laughs> and then on the left is uh, prep and then at the right is uh, goth. And so <laughs> they kind of had everybody, like Sparta was at the jock, you know, up near the jock. And um, ancient Egypt was at the goth nerd <laughs> just <laughs> intersection there. <laughs> it was just like, yeah. Oh, the okay. eyeliner. You know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is a goth nerd. Um, but I do want to talk about the gods a little bit because um, the a lot of the places that we went to were, I eventually understood, were Ptolemaic. And to be brief about this history, Ptolemy was a general of Alexander the Great who promoted Greek culture and was from Macedonia. And so he came to Egypt, became, once Alexander died, he had conquered Egypt, so he had Egypt under his control. And then this whole Ptolemaic dynasty is from this guy, so he's Greek, to be clear, culminating in Cleopatra, who was the last of the pharaohs. Um, And she, you know, killed herself, as we all know. So... Um, they actually favored Isis and um, as a goddess and Osiris. As you know, how I talked about Amun and Ra, this whole priestly rivalry. They're like, well, forget all of that. <laughs> Isis is our lady, and um, Osiris is our dude because they more closely reflected the Greek pantheon. Yeah, I get that. So Isis as like Aphrodite, kind of. Um, and Osiris as the king of the gods. Okay. Kind of thing. So, and then they have a son, and their whole family is kind of, there's like a whole thing going on. So they they built all of their temples to Isis. And it's kind of a political move in like, we're the new guys, um, and we don't play by your rules, kind of. Yeah. But we will play by some of your rules. <laughs> We're not going crazy out to the desert and taking you all with us and making a a touchy sun god. But we are just preferring certain of your other gods over the ones that we like. We're Egyptian, but we're not that Egyptian. (laughs) Can I, the the touchy sun god, has anybody (laughs) seen the full metal alchemist and it has like the creepy uh, god hands that like touch you and then disintegrate your body parts is Uh, what I keep thinking of. Oh yeah, like when he loses his body? (laughs) Yeah, it's just like... He, like, goes into the spirit realm, I guess, and, like, but there's all these hands that just, like, grab you, and I'm just imagining the sun just being, like, hey, while it, like, pats you on the bottom. And you lose your bottom. You can, and then you lose your bottom. <laughs> like, and, like, the sun god just grabs your ass, and you're like, what? No, I need that. Good effort. <laughs> I need my butt. But one of my favorite gods is Sobek. We went to Sobek's temple, and Sobek is the crocodile god. Ah. He's... And that's, like, all he's the god of. Like, some of these are, like, you know, they're the goddess of love or um, god of knowledge and fertility, wisdom and fertility. <laughs> but he is the god of crocodiles. <laughs> that's his thing. I, hey, I just do the one thing, and I do it real I'm a, good. I'm a crocodile god. That's all you need to I'm know. I'm a crocodile god. <laughs> well, uh, we got teeth and tails. I just, this is my thing. Let me ask you. Let me ask you. Does it have scales? Does it have teeth? All right, I can work with it. Does it live in the water? No, I'm out. <laughs> And he, they have the temple, and it's the temple where they basically fed and raised. Are you, are you going to be all right? No, I just love the idea. It's like <laughs> this bro, this bro. God, God. he's like got one thing. It's all he wants to do. <laughs> and we got a crocodile somehow. <laughs> all the other gods are like, hey, we're going to have a cook. Oh, there are crocodiles there. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I mean, there can be. Why do we keep inviting that guy? God. 
<laughs> How many crocodiles do you need me to bring? Right. Just tell oh, me right now. right now. I got it. I got to unlock. I got all the crocodiles you need. I, but, got, uh, I, I need know a, a guy. He's going to bring us. <laughs> I like the idea that he's like still alive somewhere. Like American God style just hanging yeah. out like with his big fucking crocodile face. Being like, uh, say what's up. Love and wisdom or whatever. Fuck you. Crocodiles forever. <laughs> Crocodiles are still here. They were fucking dinosaurs. Yeah, right. They're dinosaurs. still here. What do you think was going to happen, huh? Hey, bro. Hey, bro. Evolutionarily speaking, how much does a crocodile change? Very little. Very little. We don't need no fixing. Not very, not very much at all. I know science. Science. Crocodiles. She just says that. All the, other, all the other gods have like no longer like the pantheon doesn't really exist no one really worships them anymore but like crocodiles are still here crocodiles still worship him he's still a crocodile god seems like my strategy works <laughs> out right. seems Who, like who's laughing now god of wisdom and whatever sunlight sunlight fuck that <laughs> you want that guy touching your ass no you don't people got roofs now <laughs> you know who don't need a roof crocodiles I'll all live your goddamn sunroof. <laughs> I don't need this. And then meanwhile, everyone's like, who the fuck's brother or his son is he? Like, how did he get here? <laughs> is this a hippopotamus thing? Did they do this? Is this a hippopotamus conspiracy? How dare, how dare you put me on love with those those fat motherfuckers? <laughs> have, you, have you ever seen a YouTube video of one of those taking a shit? Cracking out those shit like that. We show a dignity. We have some dignity. <laughs> Okay, I, I mean, crocodile God's my God. pooping. <laughs> All I had to do was to convince you. I didn't even start with about how awesome he was. <laughs> nope, I love him. He's my favorite. Me too. <laughs> we went to his temple, and that's where they raise crocodiles. <laughs> of course they do. And they, they feed do. them, and they release them, and they also mummify them when they're dead. Aww. So they don't kill them, they just, they mummify them. But he's such a scary god that they had to build a Horus temple right next to, because he's the god of protection. Uh-huh. So they had to build another god's temple right next door to, like, protect everyone from the <laughs> <so> dead. <laughs> I just love this shit. It's like, he's like, he's like holding his little brother back. Like, no, 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 it's cool, it's cool. He's like, hey, that guy said something about crocodiles. I want to fuck him up. No, 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 back. it's fine. He's just, he's, whatever, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. He just, he and, doesn't um, know, man, okay? He's not from around here. He's visiting from Asia, like, cool it, bro. But I heard him, I heard him say cool something it. about crocodiles. I'm showing him a uh, video really fast of the hippo pooping. <laughs> but I totally see the demon tail, right? Like the pointy, yeah. the pointy demon tail. Okay. And then, and then. He just wiggles at it really fast. Oh, it's just like a propeller of shit. <laughs> It's a poop explosion. So the two crocodiles um, do not like. Yeah, poop dignified. Poop dignified. Do you um, think the hippo would win in a crocodile hippo fight? Hmm. Hippo definitely. I'm still gonna say hippo. Yeah. I'm still gonna say hippo. Yeah, yeah hippo. Um, also, Sobek, his the walls of his temple are carved with like people giving him snacking <laughs> so that he's, he will not hurt you. He's a you. simple god that's how you, with simple pleasures. That's how you right, make a, co- a covenant with the Sobek is you bring him snacks. Right. And he's like, okay, I will eat yeah. you. Here's, here's a rotisserie chicken. Yeah. Here's like the, the hippo. It's just like, ah, oh, fuck. We'll just go around. Yeah, this is like, fine. No. But then if you see a crocodile, you're just like, ah, here. Here you go, buddy. <laughs> So he's, he's like, sometimes they call, like, our guide, Hassan, was like, he's the devil god also. And I was like, he doesn't seem like a devil god because, like, he's redeemable. We work with him. We build him temples. Right. We give him snacks <laughs> and just, like, avoid him. Whereas Set is, like, actively murdered some folk. He was, like, the first murderer, according to Egyptians. Oh, totally. And he also is a hippo. So, I don't know. That's hilarious. Uh, yeah. Crocodile God. I'm into it. <laughs> Sobek. So so we've learned about Sobek and Otten, who are, are weird. Well, Otten's a weirdo, but Sobek is, I I feel like. He's goals. I feel a kinship. <laughs> he's, he's squad so goals. He just brings some snackies to me and I'll, I'll be fine. How's <laughs> that? Like, fine. Fine. <laughs> What's your snackies? And the, uh, the the relief carving, there's just like, you can obviously see that's a that's a cow tied up. Like the, the feet are tied up this way. Um, crisscross and they're facing you 
and the way that they're drawn, you can tell what they are. Like, oh, that's a deer. That's a cow. Hmm. Like, oh, those are rabbits. And just like piles and piles of these things just carved. Oh, those are like, the snackies? All of the food. So it's all of his snackies. Oh. <laughs> carved into the wall. Oh, that's so funny. Like, hey, you want something for me? You gonna feed me or what? You're like, uh, I need I need a little food before I'm feeling a little bit famished. I mean, I'm a little bit hungry. He's definitely a mob bro. <laughs> right. He's yeah, definitely like he's a mob a bro. bro. Ugh, mob bless bro. him. Bless him all the days. Bless him. Yeah, so that's a lot of uh, what we're, we came to talk about. I did want to talk about hieroglyphics real quick because we went to some tombs and they had, this is the bird art I was talking about. They, you know, some hieroglyphics, they're figures of birds and they actually paint inside the hieroglyphic and so they have like really intricate paintings like there was this one of an owl that had like little spots on it still and like you could see the feathers that they had painted on this little owl and it like took a long time so great bird art again (laughs) can't say enough in ancient egypt five stars Um, but Uh, I'm going to end it, though, uh, with a a recommendation that if you live in Washington, D.C., you should go to the National Geographic Museum. It's a Queen of Egypt's exhibit talking all about um, Nefertiti, all about uh, Nefertari, whose tomb is there. It's one of the most beautiful that's ever been found. All of the painting is bright and intact, and it looks like it was painted yesterday. It's so Is it restored, or is it it just how it was? No, just it's how it oh, was. Wow. It was preserved somehow. It's completely like unmolested, so, it sounds like. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it was like out of the way. And um, I this was the one place I didn't get to go when I was in Egypt because it's $60 for 15 minutes inside the tomb. Ooh. And you can't even get to the other end and back in 15 yeah. minutes. And we had a whole bunch of other stuff to do. So we're like, uh, not going to go, but next time maybe. But at the museum, they have a little virtual reality tour of this tomb. <laughs> cool. And I was like, fuck yeah. And then they have um, also like a, a physical diagram where you can see inside it. Um, and all sorts. It's beautiful. They have the pictures of the queens and then a light that shows their cartouches at the bottom. And just like all sorts. It's just beautiful. It's, and they have like, they have smelling st- stuff to smell what kind of perfumes they used to wear. Oh, I was wow. about to say, yeah, definitely want to go and smell mummies. That's like my <laughs> top of my list of tourist attractions. That's the, the next fetish will be, now we're robbing mummies to smell them and puff them. <laughs> yeah. They have, they do have a lot of artifacts that are real, which I was surprised because like, what, why would you trust them? No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I'm going to delete that. Um, but they have Nefertari's uh knees. Oh. And Nefertari, Matthew, you remembered we went to Abu Simbel. Yes. Um, yeah, you remember. Abu Simbel is like clear to Sudan. It's like a 15 minutes from the Sudanese border. Mm. Very far away from the rest of it. But Ramses II built these, built these beautiful temples, I guess you would say, monuments. And they used to be, they there was a big to-do because they basically cut them out of the wall and then moved them up so that Lake Nasser could um, fill in. It's a whole thing that I don't want to talk about. Frickin' damn. And um, so he built one to himself. Naturally. And then right next door, he built one to Nefertari, his wife. His incredibly hot wife. If you you read the hieroglyphics, (laughs) on the wall, it's just like, she was so frickin' hot. (laughs) She was a lady, but also kind of naked. She's, she's got, a, she's got she one was, boob out, smoking hot. She's got hat. one boob out. She's got a long dress because she's a fucking lady, but you can also see her butt because she had a good butt. <laughs> Why hide that? Why hide that? Why hide My that? My favorite wife. She has a good butt. My wife is hot. Also, Nefer, Nefertari means the most beautiful, so Nefer is beautiful. Mm. Um, so Nefertari is the most beautiful, but Nefertiti is like the beautiful, 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 the beautiful, beautiful, <laughs> like beautiful, beautiful has come. Um, so yeah, her tomb is in the Valley of the Queens and she, uh, it's beautiful. We have her, uh, the National Geographic M- Museum has her knees. Nice. It's the only part of her mummy that anyone ever found. Oh, balls. And, and the top of her sarcophagus, which was smashed. So they also have that. Hmm, interesting. Oh, but do you know um, when that exhibit's yeah. is ending, Emily? 
Um, it started on the March 1st, so it's gonna probably go through summer, but, um, it also comes, uh, with, um, a book by Karen Cooney. Karen Cooney wrote The Girl, The Woman, no, The Woman Who Would Be King about Hatshepsut. It's a very famous Egyptology book, and she wrote a new one for National Geographic that's called, uh, The Women, (laughs) shit, um, I know what this is called. I was gonna say... Oh, you're when women ruled the world. There you go. That's what it's called <laughs> by Karen Cooney. Um, oh, it goes through September second. Okay, great. The museum goes through September second. Yeah. So thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. I hope this was fun for you and not just incredibly self indulgent for me. <laughs> I mean, it was both. Um, <laughs> it was. Let's hope so. It was both, and let's also like throw a shout out to our new favorite god, yours and mine. So back. <laughs> So back. So you know back. what? Fuck the rest of the pantheon. Let's <laughs> let's right. go to the middle of a river. Yeah, you'll find Sobek right there. And find That's Sobek. It. You'll find Sobek, and Sobek will find. Yeah. <laughs> Bring snackies or else. <laughs> Bring snackies or else. Thank you, storytellers. Don't be a trope, you dopes. And always remember that Victorians are the worst. And keep telling your stories. Tell the story of Sobek. Hello, listeners, and welcome to Epilogue. No, that's not it. Damn it. <laughs> Damn it, Emily. <laughs> Get it together, every, Everheart. Every time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, hello, storytellers, and welcome to Epilogue. No! <laughs> do you... You're, not, you're doing it on purpose now. <laughs> Is it... Do you use the same intro for every podcast? We're going to make Matt do it. <laughs> Emily, Emily needs a timeout from the intro. <laughs> this is boating real well for this podcast where I have to talk a lot. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast brought to you by Sobek Snackies. Don't forget the snackies. Or else. Or Sobek will find you. Hail our benevolent Sobek overlord. <laughs> this is brought to you by uh, Sobek, our benevolent crocodile overlord who brings us all things. <laughs> Mostly, Mostly crocodiles. Mostly crocodiles. <laughs> Let's be honest, he doesn't bring a lot else, but like, what else do you need? What, uh, today's episode has been brought to you by the Magic Podcast Box. What is it? We don't know. But it's making our podcast better. <laughs> it's probably Sobek. <laughs> or Sobek related. Uh, this podcast is brought to you by Hassan, who um, refused to name genitals. <laughs> And I appreciate it, son. Uh, this podcast is brought to you by the Victorians, who are the worst. Brought to you by Dr. Egyptology's Egyptology's Unwrapping Parties. <laughs> Don't do it. Just, like, come on. <laughs> Dr. Egypt. It belongs Dr. in a museum Egypt. in the form of a painting. Brought to you by Nefertari's Knees. Oh, yeah. We still have them. I think my baby's crying. <laughs> Oh no. Yeah, let's wrap it <laughs> okay. up. Okay. Yeah. Brought to you by Curtis Parks, who is so good to let us do this. Right. And his, and his benevolence.